<sighs> Fun Have fact, you had a McRib yet? No. I saw on TikTok how the, McRib, uh, the McRib is made. We'll make you never want to eat McRib again. I should send it to you. I think I've seen it. I don't think it's going to stop me from getting one, though. You know, I had McRib, McRib once. I don't know how long ago. Long time. It, it was, was last cool. out like 10 years ago, though. Yeah. That's. Oh, uh, did you have it when really? you were a kid? Yeah. I'm yeah, pretty yeah. sure that's long, the last time, time it was on the menu. Delicious. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I mean, I I have a couple friends that have been like, yo, you got to get the McRib. And I'm like, listen, I'm I'm boycotting McDonald's until they bring the snack wrap back. They're pretty- Oh, Bro, the, the, the snack, snack wrap's snack been gone for months. I just want a crispy snack wrap with ranch. I don't know why it's why it's so hard. Wow. Why do they have to do me so dirty? You know what? Big big fan of the McChicken. Oh, big a McChicken fan. with Mac sauce? Different. Oh my god, you can get Mac Different. sauce on it? Yes, you yeah, you could get Mac sauce on it. Just go up to the drive thru and be like, hey, let me get a McChicken, put the Mac sauce, and they put mayo and the Mac sauce, and it's just it just hits and just just hits different. Um, but yeah, so uh, pause, I guess so I can go get a McChicken with Mac sauce. <laughs> pause. Hold on. <laughs> All right, so uh, I guess we should get into it now. Yeah, go for it. All right. <clears throat> Welcome back to another episode of No Playing Time. Uh, it you know morning, afternoon, evening. I don't care what time it is because it's always No Playing Time. Brian's with you today with Dylan. We're going to talk some St. John's men's basketball. Uh, it's been a few weeks since, one, you've been on the pod, two, since I've posted an episode, and three, since we've talked St. John's basketball. So I'm excited. How are you doing today? I'm um, good. You just finally decided to reach into your pockets and pay me to come back on the podcast. Um, I've been texting and calling you for weeks, and you told me you hate me and threatened my life. The fact that you think that you're like a valued salaried employee of this podcast is, is very funny. Um, well, yeah, you're right. (laughs) So anyway, St. John's is five and two on the year so far. Uh, they're coming off a tough loss against Seton Hall. Um, they were supposed to play UConn, but because of coronavirus, that game got postponed. So they ended up playing Seton Hall in their big East opener. Uh, it's not what you expected. They ended up, they ended up losing, uh, 77, 68. It, the score tells you it was probably a competitive game, but for the most part, I don't think St. John's held the lead in the whole game. It was kind of frustrating to watch and sit through just because they're, they're like, there are glimpses of like, all right, we're going on a run. And then scene hall just silences, uh, silences it very quickly. Uh, what's the name of the player that I can't pronounce who went off? Um, we're not going to say his full name. He, we will call him Mamu. Yeah. Mamu? All right, Mamu. Mamu. Mamu had 32-9-3. He was 12 of 18 from the field, 3 of 5 from three-point range, 5 of 8 from the free throw line, one steal, a turnover. Um, in 39 minutes of action, he torched us. Uh, Julian Champagny, he's been great all year, had 24 points, 6 rebounds on 10 of 19 to shooting, 1 of 4 from 3, with 3 blocks, 2 and a steal. Mm, so solid all-around game for him, but other than that, no one else really stepped up. Toro had 13 minutes. He was held scoreless. Josh Roberts, I guess my prediction was right. Remember on uh, the other episode we spoke about St. John's, I said that with all the um, with all the front court, you know, additions, the transfers and such, 
I guess Mike Anderson didn't see what he's wanted so far in Josh Roberts, probably wanted to get some other forwards up in there. So he only played four minutes, and he hasn't really played a lot of minutes the entire year in addition to the Seton Hall game. Mm-hmm. So he didn't really contribute. Toro didn't really contribute. Started, started and got four minutes of playing time. Yeah, I mean, that's that's not a good sign for him, at least. That's not mm-hmm. a good sign. Um, Marcellus only had one point in 13 minutes of action. Uh, Greg Williams had an okay game at 12 points, four of 10, but he's played better this year. Mm-hmm. Um, and Posh only had six points. So, I mean, besides nice. Julian Champagny, there were only no one cracked above 12, which is not something, not something you want, especially when they were playing pretty. I mean, uh, I wouldn't say they were playing the greatest opponents, but they've been playing pretty well so far this year. I mean, they kind of escaped Ryder a little bit. Uh, yeah. You know, they beat Stony Brook pretty, pretty mightily uh, lost to BYU. That was a tough one. Um, beat Boston college, uh, you know, got, got out of, with the win. And then they won the first game of the, the year against the Slough pretty big. So it's been a solid year so far, but I think that you want to come out in the first big East game and make a statement, which you didn't do. Yeah. The analysis of this season has pretty much been very telling. Um, you look, you look at from where we were from last year, um, the story of this team was how are they going to cope with the loss of Gustav Heron? Obviously, LJ transferring to Oregon is detrimental to this team. And honestly, it's uh, all the analysis has been right. Um, we cannot get it going offensively. Um, you saw in Seton Hall that we really miss LJ Figueroa on both sides of the ball. Because he was also a great defender, too. He was just long, you know? He was a yeah, really good wing defender. When I think of someone who can guard my move like that, which he had a career night, by the way, uh, that was his career high. Coming off of another thirty-point performance versus uh, uh, Penn State, another very good team. He's it's, it's the only guy I could think of who could actually effectively guard him. Uh, Mamu, he's probably going to be a first-round draft pick. He's got crazy talent. Uh, pretty much a point a point forward who he can back you down. He can pass the ball effectively, knock down shots from anywhere. He he's just a presence on the court. And St. John's had zero answer for him. They tried they've tried putting Roberts on him. That was just no prevail. Champagne saw a uh, matchup against him for most of the game, but uh, they pretty much the only way he, they uh, got the ball out of his hands was moving two or three guys his way and. Uh, the other guys on his team, they just had to do do what it was to win. I mean, yeah, at the end of the day, it was pretty much it was pretty much un, not effective. Whatever they tried to throw at him, you know. Yeah, I mean, you talk um, about his poor performance all around besides uh, Champagne, uh, Champagne, but besides Mamou, next high scoring guy has was a uh, don't want to mess up his name. One moment was Molson, the guard. Yep, yeah, to call Molson with fourteen points and. Yeah. Everyone else was pretty scarce from there. They just did exa- what what they needed to win, and Mamu, we got beat by Mamu. Yeah, pretty much. I mean, we could talk about a couple bright spots though. Um, Champagne obviously has been great all year. So, do you want to give me a uh, like sort of you know not an MVP of the team so far, but like you know a most outstanding player so far? Seven games in. Yeah, 
Uh, definitely. Uh, it's Champagne is that guy. No, no question about it. He's taken a leap. Um, people expected him to take that next step, but he's taking a leap. Uh, you know, he was a ten and ten type type of guy last year. Um, really led, led the team. Uh, all all Big East uh, freshman selection. This guy's going to be a all all Big East selection this year. He this guy is just crazy good. Uh, he's averaging twenty points. Uh, let's go back. I don't want to mess up his stats here. Let's yeah, see. I think he's just. I think like twenty two twenty two points per game, shooting almost fifty percent from the field. Um, you know, it's thirty percent. It's thirty percent from field goal percentage. It could be better, but you know what? <laughs> Beggars can't be choosers. Now, without a doubt, he's been the best scorer on the team by far. And he's been, yeah, he's playing 30, 30 minutes per game, and you can't ask for any more from this guy. Probably, probably our best player on both sides of the ball. You just the ball gets in his hands, and he he makes things happen. In addition to him, you know what I love? I just love. I agree with everything you said. By the way, I don't think there's one thing you said that was inaccurate. Mm-hmm. Um, and before he's you, before by you go far anywhere, the best scorer. Huh? Before you go anywhere, shooting ninety five percent from the foul line. Really? That's crazy. Yeah, he was he was uh he was three for four um against Seen Hall only missed one. Yeah. Um I mean that's just overall that's that's just solid. Uh mm. you know, he, you can't rely on him to save you every night, but that's pretty solid so far. I love the way uh Greg Williams has played so far. You know, he had that nasty dunk a couple games ago. Yeah, that was a um, pretty much everything you wanted to see out of Posh uh Posh's uh failed windmill attempt. But <laughs> But Greg Williams has been great. He's a junior. I personally, I've loved him since uh, I, I've been attending St. John's. I don't know why he's always been a favorite of mine. I think he always hustles out there, plays good defense. He's a solid three-point shooter. So I feel like he's also, in addition to Champagne, if we want to talk about other players taking leaves, I think he's definitely one that you could throw in the conversation. But one that you can throw in the conversation of regressing is Josh Roberts. And I was actually, I think I predicted this accurately, that he's just – He's just not what Mike Anderson has wanted um, with all the front court additions. Uh, he's, he's not seeing a lot of playing time. Do you see maybe a possible transfer or something like that in the future for him? Yeah. Um, just, just cause you know, he, he put on 20 pounds in the off season him playing. I think he played four. Yeah. He played four minutes versus Seton Hall. He had He's two. Blo- he had two blocks in those four minutes. Like the athleticism is there. You know that was what was there. The, the you know that's what has been there so far. He's he's super athletic. Mm-hmm. He can jump. You know with just about anyone. Yep. Um, but it, I, I'm not sure. I'm not sure what Mike Anderson is seeing in him. I guess maybe like the offensive efficiency is lacking. It probably limits you there. I mean, I don't think he's not a great shooter. Um, he's a solid rebounder. Yeah. But if you're just a solid rebounder who could block a couple shots here and there, like. You know, you're not going to really fit on the floor, especially when there are guys like Isaiah Moore, for example, who are taller than you. And you know, you know he's just—he's not exactly a four. He's—he's he's on the smaller side of that. Um, but he can jump out of jump out of the gym. Yeah, like you said, he can jump with the best of them. It's just something's not clicking. Mike Anderson isn't seeing what he likes, and honestly, I, I expect maybe a transfer at him. Is he probably the person you're least impressed with this year, or is there another player on the team? You got to be, uh, especially because it seems like he took such a leap last year. Um, whether you saw solid production 
or just high minute quality, like high minutes out of him last last year. He's just, I mean, anytime you see four minutes out of a returning a returning player, who I'm not sure what his minutes were. I want to I want to say it was in the 15 to 20 minute range, but he he looks like he's regressed to almost worse than when he was freshman. Yeah, I've liked the uh, you know what I've I've liked the combination of Posh and Vince Cole. There were a couple passes in the Scene Hall game that I saw. Mm-hmm. Vince Cole into the paint and one to Champagne, and then I forget uh, the other one. He's a solid playmaker. He's he's going to be. He's a, he's he's going to be important for this team down the stretch, including Posh too. I, I feel like Posh has been a little less aggressive. Oh, oh. In, the, in that in that first game I watched, I was like, "Oh, great addition!" Like you know, rep in Brooklyn. Mm. And after that, I feel like he's been a little quiet now. Um, yeah, I think mostly because teams have kind of uh, figured him out a little bit. Uh, him not having that three point shot in his arsenal is you know it hurts. Um, but. Then again, he's averaging like seven. I think it's something like seven assists per game. He's still averaging ten. Uh, it's down to nine points now, but he's he's got talent. You see it. He's probably he's he's got active hands on the defensive side of the ball. Um, this team when they really get it going, uh, they can they can hurt you. Uh, they can turn defense into points very quickly. Um, I'd honestly like to see them get the ball ball in the posh's hands more push the tempo more. He's got talent passing the ball. Um, I'd like to see him be more aggressive as we were in the, as he was in the first couple of games. Uh, maybe Mike Anderson gives him more of a green light. Uh, maybe allows him to work. Maybe, maybe uh, <clears throat> work picking like with some picks with uh, Julian Champagne. And I, I just want to see him more, more aggressive. It was, it was against Boston college that he took, the most shots he's taken so far this year and had his best performance. He had 18 points against the 97 uh, in the 97, 93 win against Boston college. So he was, he had 18 points on a uh, seven of 11 shooting and he was two, a, two or three from the three point line. And outside of that, I think he's had single digit scoring in every other game. That was the game I looked yeah. at. And I was just like, okay, this is the guy that I've, that I didn't see the first game of the year, but I'm like, all right, it's the first game of the year. You know, it's whatever. Um, then I saw that and I was like, all right, this is hopefully who he's going to be going forward. And it, I feel like it hasn't turned out that way, but I mean, there's still like a ton of season left to play, you know? Yeah, there's a ton of season left. Um, and, you know, could, uh, I like that you brought up that Boston college game. Um, we really ran Boston. College. We dictated that game. We ran them out of the gym. I, I know we were up, we were up by 20, then choked it away. And we were one bounce and dribble away from, Losing that game, which Boston College is a good team. They, uh, last I checked, their record's one and three. You know they're an ACC team, but they they're I think they're a solid team all around. That's a that's a huge win for St. John's. That's a staple on their record as of right now. Uh, I think if committee looked at that, they're gonna say that's a tier one win for them. Um, you know, I'm not sure how how exactly versed you are in you know kind of like getting selected for the tournament. My understanding is a lot of it's based off net net wins. They call it their net system. Pretty much teams are tiered one through four. So like a loss to BYU, maybe a, like a tier one loss. They, they change throughout the season depending on how, how teams finish. Uh, teams have big wins, big losses. But uh, honestly, our two losses throughout the season th- between BYU and, and Seton Hall, uh, they aren't bad losses. 
Which um, one is a tougher one to swallow? Is it the conference one or is it the the just the like straight up tough loss from BYU? Because I feel like uh, I, I mean like they're they're trying to claw their way back against Seton Hall, but it's you know you don't really see them having a much of a chance to to even lead in the game. It depends how you swing it. Um, I would say the tougher loss is probably uh, Seton Hall. BYU is a good team. I, I would tend to agree. Um, they did, they it's your first well. conference game. It's your yeah. first Big East game, and you know, I mean, you were supposed to play UConn, but obviously, with, I think everyone just has to be. Everyone's under the same circumstances, so you know, so everyone has to be prepared for a, a curveball in the schedule, or you know, to the team, or you know, COVID cases, whatever, right? So, yeah, I don't know uh, if it was like just uh, coming by surprise that it's like, oh, you know, we're, we're supposed to play UConn now, like you know, the schedule's changed a little bit, kind of throwing us off our rhythm, but. Everyone was just flat except for Champagne, you know, and I feel like that's a tough one. I feel like you want to come out and make a statement against uh, your first Big East team, and it just didn't happen. Oh, definitely. And uh, I think one guy we didn't talk about who we deserve to talk about is uh, the return of uh, Rashid Dunn. He, he, I love me some Rashid Dunn. Yeah, he's uh, going to be – shame, excuse me. I'm, I'm interested to see how Mike Anderson moves forward with this because he's got the talent of Pasha Alexander. He's been starting – uh, Rasheen Dunn was uh, is the starting point guard. Should be the starting point guard. And you also have Greg Williams, who's playing great. And I think Greg Williams is a must start, uh, just because of his three point percentage. Uh, his ability, not only his, great. not only his ability, because like shooting three was something St. John's even struggled with last year too, and it hasn't really gotten better except for the consistency of Greg, Greg Williams, right? I would say it's but gotten not worse. Even, huh? I would say it's gotten worse. Yeah, it's 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 arguably gotten worse. Well, not arguably. I guess you could look at the numbers and say it has gotten worse. But the point is, is that Greg Williams is just a great player to have on any college team. Like a guy who's now mm-hmm. been there for a couple of years and also playing solid basketball. Because mm-hmm. that's like when going into this year, one of the things you you wanted to see was how the guys who have been there, like who were there, for example, on the Shamori teams and the Mustafa teams and the L, L, you know LJ teams, right? You wanted to see those guys like play well and lead the transfers and the younger guys coming in and show them what St. John's basketball is about. Almost show them how Mike Anderson's system, after being in it for one year, is about. You know, show them how winning felt like when they didn't technically make the tournament because it was the playing game, but you know they got a taste of it, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and Greg Williams is definitely the guy that does that for you. It's disappointing that Josh Roberts hasn't been able to do that. I mean, I'm not. I'm not obviously. Uh, well-versed on what he's probably been like in the rock- locker room. I'm sure he's been great giving advice to the other guys coming in. But, I mean, you also have Marcellus in there who, like, you'd like to see better. Um, but Greg Williams is just that, like, he's almost like the glue guy, you know? he's the he, he would be the glue guy on a lot of teams, a guy who is in the starting lineup, isn't asked to do a whole lot because you have guys like Champagny or Vince Cole or, you know, Adaiwusu, um but he comes in, he kind of just gives you – you know what you're going to get from Greg. He's mm. not going to exceed expectations, but he's not going to throw up a, a stinker either, you know? Yeah, definitely. He's he's that guy you, you rely on definitely late in the game. Uh, he's able to hit tough shots. Um, he's able to uh, pull a spark off, off the bench. I think maybe – honestly, I think Posh may sit a game. Uh, as When I say sit, I mean not start. Uh, yeah. Dunn may take that over. Simply because uh, I think that's how our Mike rolls. He's going to be like, he's going to say, "All right, sit down, freshman. Let's uh, let's get some of our senior guys back in there." Um, and maybe that, maybe that kind of, yeah, maybe that sparks up Posh Alexander. Um, 
like honestly, uh, no, okay. I just wanted to say like uh, you know, it's almost like a, a rookie quarterback in the NFL or something. Like for example, yeah. like Tua took over the job, and then they sat him, you know, like in the middle of a game just to be like, all right, like let's get Ryan Finchpatch back in there, back in there. Watch how a veteran does it, you know. Watch yeah. how a guy who's been here a little bit does it. Um, but you're still our guy, you know, and I feel like that's a similar situation. Yeah, definitely. Um, another thing that I'd like to add is uh, Mike Anderson's a guy who uses a deep bench. Um, we've seen him a couple times go real deep. Uh, it's maybe even gotten him into a little bit of trouble. Uh, seen him use about 12 out of 13 guys on the bench, uh, especially when it comes to the game like BYU we, where he went real deep, where guys like David Carr are stepping in and crunch time situations. John McGriff's, uh has even stepped up. He hasn't played terrible. I actually liked his minutes so far. He, uh, his sh- uh, shot decisions are they're iffy at best, but he he's able to go in there play, uh, play some tough minutes, um, and that kind of just says a lot about what Mike Anderson's looking to do. And it's really hard when that's the type of style he likes to play, and uh, one when really one through seven is all you got, and seven through eleven or seven through twelve or those guys they step on the floor, the floor and they just kind of stink it up for you. And uh, it, it hurts because uh, that's not the type of basketball Mike Anderson likes to play. Yeah, and I feel like um, I feel like it sends a message that you trust the guys on your team, but at the same time, um, some guys just aren't talented enough to get you a W, you know? Yeah. Um, I mean, your one through seven are the guys who are talented enough. Mm-hmm. But I will give Mike Anderson a lot of credit in this regard that he has the team, like, constantly constantly playing really hard like they're just moving quickly mm. like the hustle is there um they flashed a stat in the scene hall game that they were i think leading i don't know if it changed after the scene hall game but they were leading the big east in steals i think they're averaging like 12 steals a game um yeah I've liked, the, I've liked the press so far i feel like the press has worked really well the full court press mm. um and i feel like they've played solid defense i mean yeah you have a couple games where like you know there's a 90 uh burger on the on the scoreboard but <laughs> I feel like they've played like solid defense, solid team defense. Yeah, I, you know, if I, you want to pick the, they could be a little faster on their, uh, on their rotations on the backside, but I feel know, like they're good at getting their hands in passing lanes. You know. Yep. Versus you know, I think that was our best defensive game we've played all year. Um, it was also against a good opponent too. I mean, like yeah, like they yeah. played good defense against Ryder or against LaSalle, but I'm not. You know, these aren't these teams aren't. These teams aren't going anywhere. <laughs> yeah, exactly. exactly. It's it's a uh, Big East play is a different animal, um, especially with how the Big East is playing this year. I want to say, uh, I think three teams are at the top of the Big East are ranked. Um, Creighton's coming off a, a huge game versus Kansas, where they just lost. I mean, we're talking about number eight Creighton losing to number five Kansas. And it's St. John's got some tough games coming up. Um, I want to talk about one guy I'm really disappointed in is uh, grad transfer Ronaldo Toro uh, coming yeah, in. He from went. He had. He went donuts on 13 minutes against Seton Hall. Yeah, and I understand. I think this is where Mike Anderson was going. You know, Isaiah Moore plays nine. Plays nine. Uh, Ronaldo Toro, I think, is a good defender, good rebounder, but he just seems like complacent at times. Uh, you know, he's he's kind of a one-on-one defender, not. I don't see him, you know, rotating over and getting a big block like maybe someone like 
like Julian Champagne can, or maybe an Isaiah Moore. Um, he's just like, he's just like a, he's like a wall, but he's kind of got like stones for feet. And, uh, I just haven't been impressed. Um, yeah, I mean, I think I that I, I can't say I've been too impressed either. Yeah, I think Parstool flamed them by, uh, they did the Spider Man meme and they, uh, <laughs> they CD Kata in there with, oh uh, man, <laughs> someone else. And yeah, oh, that's, man. that's not a great look for him. That's, that's unfortunate. Um, but, you know, St. John's never has a big man. It's just a thing. I mean, they'll never. They need for a some reason. Footer. For some reason, they'll never attract a seven footer. I don't know why. I, I don't know why. Like, you would think, like, I know St. John's, the program, hasn't been great in a while. Like, pretty much, I guess, since Chris Mullen and Mark Jackson played. You know, I don't really. They've had, t- they've had some good teams. They've had some solid teams. I mean, like, they've had solid players come out. Like, uh, oh, man, what is his name? Who played on the Blazers? Oh, oh! Why do you do this to me? You threw me on the spot. Oh man! Well, Metal World Peace came out of St. John's, no? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, why can't I? He he wasn't the next. Oh my goodness! Second. Um, <laughs> you you look it up. <laughs> I'm gonna look it up. Talk about something. Uh, no, yeah, they're they're def- uh, definitely a rebuilding program. Um, you know whether you like Chris Mullins or not, he was not a great coach. He. He did bring in some decent guys, you know, but we're in a different era now. Maurice Harkless, Maurice Harkless, Mo Harkless. I don't know why why we couldn't think of it. That's uh, I don't know. Give me right there. I have no idea. He's also played for the Knicks too. Yeah. Wow, that was a tough one. But um, (laughs) like Shamori too went like, but uh, but I'm saying like they haven't had a, a you know. A serious contending team is what I meant to say. Serious contending program, but mm-hmm. it, it it's funny to think about how you know, like it's New York. Who wouldn't want to come play in New York? Like I feel like I don't. That's such a such a basis, small, like stupid argument. But like you, you know, if you make it about the Nets and the Knicks, why can't you make it about St. John's? Like, yeah, I think players that want to go play to Syri- play at Syracuse than that want to come into the actual city to play basketball. Mm-hmm. It doesn't make I, any sense I, to me. I mean, I know Jim Beheim is a legendary coach, but like, hopefully, my Anderson after a few more years will be recruiting better guys. I th- I think so. Um, I know like Iona's getting better. Seton Hall's fueled some great teams. I mean, you got to remember if we had a, uh, a complete season last year, Seton Hall's going to talk about being ranked like a four seed in the tournament. They were talking about them being a Final Four team. Yeah, with, uh, with obviously. Uh, like Miles Powell, shout out to uh, him. He's on the Knicks now. Shout out, shout out to the St. John's killer. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I like Miles Powell. Come on, he was good. But this, but you know, and they're only in New Jersey. They st- they steal a lot of guys from the city. You know, um, yeah. something I didn't know is Posh Alexander. He almost went to Seton Hall. Um, at least that's what. Uh, Seton Hall thought they thought he was a uh, they were high on him and he just like you said he chose he's a broken guy he chose St. John's because New York City yeah uh it's tough it's tough I mean like because I'm also I'm also a Notre Dame fan too so I was watching Notre Dame today they were up like 24 against Kentucky and then uh, the lead just 
out the window, right? And they ended up winning by one. But it's like, all right, my two favorite college teams, the school I go to, St. John's, and then Notre Dame, just because my dad just indoctrinated me into the Notre Dame fandom. Just, Mm. like, struggle every year. Like, Notre Dame made an Elite Eight with, like, you know, Jerry and Grant and Zach August, but you know they weren't going to run the table to win the whole thing. It was it was just something you know, and I feel like it sucks to know that while you root for St. John's every year, right, because you're a student, um, and I'll probably yeah. be rooting for St. John's for the rest of my life, it sucks to know that every year, like, you go into it, and I'm like, oh, yeah, like, the team's good, and we're talking about guys who are playing well, guys who aren't playing well, but at the end of the day, we're, we know they're not going to make any noise, you know, and that's kind of like the sad reality in a sense that we'll wake yeah. up to at, towards the end of the season you know but right now it's nice to talk about it's nice to see game by game because there's still there's hope that like you know you could win every game before it starts you know because the score starts zero zero right so yeah i just want a tournament win man huh? i just want one like good tournament game right i right that that's i feel like we got robbed like you know i feel like you know coronavirus has robbed a lot of things this year but i feel like one of the things if you're a st john's fan was that you were up at halftime against creighton Mm-hmm. You were up before that game got canceled. That was the last sporting event being played. I, I think I think we would have won that game, and I think we would have won possibly the Big East tournament. I know, but the last time St. John's won the Big East tournament, I'm looking at. Uh, I looked it up just out of curiosity. Was 2000. Mm-hmm. Oof, under Mike Jarvis. That was the that was the last time they won the Big East tournament. Villanova's won it the last three years. The 2020 tournament obviously got canceled. Seen Hall won it in 2016. Um, yeah. St. John's hasn't won it since 2000. Uh, there's light at the end of the tunnel, though, Brian. There is. Um, what's it? Today's, today is Sunday. Today. Um, today is not, Sunday. It is currently one twenty seven a.m. On not sure what time. Um, I'm sure if I looked, I could figure it out. Uh, we played Georgetown today, and Georgetown stinks. Um, this is a game that you kind of hold your breath when St. John's plays it because um, they like to play down to their opponents a lot. But, yeah, we played Georgetown today. Um, so I hopefully we play well and uh, win a game. I hope so. It would be 730. Nice. It would be nice to see. It would be nice to see. But um, other than that, I think that's about it for this episode. Uh, Just to quickly announce, I'll be doing a new format where I'm just going to do short, you know, 20 to 30 minute episodes so that people can easily find their interests because I don't want people to listen to an hour or an hour and a half long episode of like about six different things. And if someone wants to listen to one specific thing, they have to either listen to the whole thing to get to it or they got to skip to it. So I'll make it easier on the listener, which I love to do. I love the, you know, there are people that reach out to me and say they listen to this podcast. I, I swear. Um, cool. But other than that, you could follow Dylan at Dylan DeLong. Is it three on Instagram? At Dylan DeLong three. No. What is it? At Dylan DeLong. Um, do, do you want another chance at it or? Uh, at Dylan DeLong 713. Uh, at Dylan DeLong, D-Y-L-A-N-D-E-L-O-N-G. What were the numbers? 713. 713. Honestly, you may follow me. It'll probably take me a month to follow you back. Not, not <laughs> that I follow back. These are, these are that fans I... that are following you. You don't follow fans back. Come on now. I mean, accept their follow. I'm a private. I'm a private person. Uh, I, not that I've caught or anything. I just, I look at people I don't know and I'm like, huh. <laughs> You're like, uh I can't let people I don't know follow. I made my Instagram public so that people can follow me. Well, look at you. 
Look I'm at cloud, you. I'm cloud, I'm cloud chasing. Yeah. Uh-huh. I don't I don't follow Brian. He doesn't know it, but I don't. Really? Now I have to go check. Shit. God, I'm gonna go check after this episode's over. Damn it. Thanks, man. Um but, are we gonna do this again? Maybe yes, we will. We will come back in a week, probably after a couple games, after probably uh not the Georgetown game, the game after I think they play Creighton right after that. Oh no. Do they really? They have two big important games coming up, I believe. They do. I will uh, check the schedule right now. I believe 5, it is five PM on the seventeenth. It is George. Yeah, it is Georgetown, and then uh, the, I think the the game against the Bulldogs got postponed. So it's uh, mm-hmm. Creighton would be the next one coming up, unless they put uh, you know. I guess it's a play play by year. So uh, you know, we've had some uh, some luck playing Creighton. I so. feel like we have. So hopefully, you know, you hope for the best. I mean, those are two uh, those are two conference games. You'd like to at least win one of them. I mean. Saint Georgetown is two and three right now. You should, you should, you should come away with that game. Yeah, Crane. I'll understand if you lose. I'd like to see a good fight, though. Yeah, I'd like to see, uh, you know, Biggie's basketball. Anything can happen. Yep. But with that, um, you'll catch us next week on the No Playing Time podcast. Take care. Ciao.